um, as Sam said, I'm Shannon, um, my husband Ray and I are the pastors here at Church Untamed, um, and this is our favourite place in the world. Um, you've got to know that when God said to us, go to Cornwall, plant a church, it'll be fun, um, we're like, I was like, are you crazy? Are you serious? I know it's pretty, there's a lake, it's amazing, but oh, we live in the city, there's coffee available after four o'clock, and I can go out and and... And it's a city. I don't want to go small town, but God said, you know what? What I have for you, the promises that I have for you are in that place. They're going to be outworked in that place. And I remember going, God, you've given me visions of my future. You've given me visions of of what I'm to do. And I don't fit with Cromwell. And um, we had, we were running a youth conference um, in Invercargill, and we had this pastor, who's a great friend of ours, Pastor Andrew Stone from Brisbane, and he was preaching and he said, rocket scientists, they know that the moon is over here, but if you want to go to the moon, you have to launch yourself this way. And it looks like the complete opposite direction, but what you're doing is you're taking into consideration the, the, the movement of the moon, the, the rotation of the earth. And by launching yourself in this direction, it seems quite opposite, you'll end up at the moon. And I was listening to that going, God, and God just said to me, Shannon, you look like you're launching in the wrong direction, but you're launching in the direction that I have said. The promises that I have for you still stand. And I was like, okay, looks like we're going to crumble. God had to do another, a couple of other works and show me giant angels in the land and all kinds of stuff to, for me to have confirmation. Because um, I like to be sure, to be sure, to be sure that if something's going to, that's the thing. Stop it. Awesome. That's completely a wee bit off topic, but. Um, but yeah, so Church Untamed this year, our theme has been Into the Wild Places. Crumble was known as an untamed land where the, the land is hard and the people are harder. And I think that's utter rubbish because I think the people are amazing and, and God is doing something in this place. And I'm so excited. So our theme has been Into the Wild Places, going into those untamed highways and byways that God has for us and taking hold of the land that He has promised us. You know, for each and every one of us, God has promised us territory. Now that territory may be physical territory, that territory may be um, maybe territory with your family, it may be um, it may be um, emotional territory, but God has given each of us territory, land that is promised to us, that we are going to take hold of and possess and work into the things that He has for us. And um, last week Grace spoke about cast your nets again, about picking up those dreams and those things that you put aside and becoming fishes of men again. Not letting disappointment and doubt and fear and excuses get in the way of being the answer to people coming to know Jesus. Now, so today, we're going to look at that in a little bit of a different way. And I'm looking at um, possessing the land and the promise of God. Now, so looking at, at the wild places, what does your wild place look like? You know, what is the place that God has called you to possess? You know, where are you called to fish? Where are you called to see change? You know, this is as unique to us as our identity in God. You are perfectly positioned to take hold of territory that others cannot reach. Because your territory is different to my territory. What? Your territory is different to my territory. Your territory and your promise is different to what God has for me. Now, as a church... Our promised land is Cromwell and the wider region of Central Otago. And not just Church Untamed, 
for every church in Cromwell, every church in Central Otago, God has promised us that as the church, capital C, that we will see this territory one for him. We will see this as a place where his name is going to be glorified, where people will be changed and impacted for him. Now this is the land that we'll occupy and that the people we know in this place will come to know freedom and love through Jesus. And I think that's pretty exciting. It's, it's pretty scary if you look at this and go, oh, how are we going to do this? Where are we church plant? How are we supposed to do this? But you know what? Our God is bigger than that. God is bigger than our limitations. And, and we're, we can only go so far, but God will meet us there. And in the stretch, as we stretch out and step out, God meets us in that place. And he takes us further than we can go ourselves. I mean, you know, 18 months ago when we first launched, oh, look, this gun. 18 months ago when we first launched, we were meeting in a wee classroom space. And one of our trustees said, I think you should meet in the auditorium. And I was like, no way, that's like huge. We can't, we weren't ready for that. And, and actually, we could have done it, but I think in my heart, I wasn't ready for that stretch. I was, it was too big a stretch for me. So God had to kind of journey me and Ray through this thing of we'll do church in, the, in, in this classroom, which is going to be awesome. But at some point, our capacity was going to be that we needed to go into a bigger space. And going into the, into the auditorium, that has been a big stretch for us. But God has been in that stretch, and each time we've stepped out, God has, God has come through, and he's been there with us, which is pretty exciting. Now, with the promise, okay, many of us will have received promises from God and said, this is what's going to happen. This is what I have for you. There are three stages to a promise in order for us to take hold of that. The first stage is we need to know the promise. We need to know what it is that God has in store for us. We need to know what it is that he's promised us. And we can know that through, through hearing his voice. Every single one of us, we have the ability to hear God's voice. He speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through um, his presence. He speaks to us through other people. We need to know what that promise is that he has for us. Once we know what the promise is, we need to actually believe it. We need to believe that this is something that God has promised us. Now, I know for myself, this is something that I struggle with because I know the promises that God has for me and for my family and for our church. But sometimes it's, I struggle to believe it because I'm like, oh, I think someone else is better to have that promise. That must be for them. It can't be for me. Because I doubt myself. I doubt my own limitations. I doubt my own ability. And actually, at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about God and what he's wanting to do. And about me being willing to allow him to work that. And then the third stage is actually we have to take hold of the promise. Because if you don't do anything about the promise, if you don't move towards it, if you don't take hold of it, if you don't possess it, it remains just a promise. And I know that when I get to the end of my life, I don't want to look back and have regrets. I don't want to look right back and go, oh, I should have, would have, could have. I want to know that I've done everything that I can to step out and take hold of all that God has for me. Because God wants us to have a life in abundance. We're not created. It says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy and God. He came so that we may have an abundant life. Life in abundance. And that is stepping out and taking hold of all that he has for us. Whatever that looks like. Knowing something, knowing a promise is one thing, but taking hold of it is another. When, um, when I was younger, 
Um, the doctors told me that I couldn't have kids. You know, some of you will know this story, but we knew from quite a young age, from about 15, that it was, the chances were very slim. And then at 17, the doctor's like, you need to do something now. Um, you should probably have kids now. And I'm like, mm, 17, you talk to my dad. I think he might have a few things to say about that. And then, <laughs> so when Ray and I got married, we had this understanding that, that God had promised us a family. God had promised us that we'd have kids, but we didn't know what that would look like. And so there were times where it was easy to believe and to hope that one day we'd have a family, and then other days, other times it wasn't. So it was, it was not long after we got married, um, a miracle child came along, which was quite a surprise, and um, just complete miracle. But it was one thing to know the promise, to know what God had, but then it was another thing to actually hold that promise in our arms and to experience it and to know, God, you are so good, you are so faithful. You know, there's, there's a process you have to go through to get from that stage. When it comes to looking at possessing the promise and territory that God has for you, there's no other place in the Bible to look at than Egypt and the journey of the Israelites to freedom. Now, for centuries, the Israelites, they resided in Egypt, but it wasn't a land that they actually possessed. They were a nation of slaves at the mercy of slave drivers, putting brick after brick after brick after brick, day after day after day after day. You know, regardless of ability, regardless of age or social status, they were residing in a place that they were slaves. It was not the hope or the promise that God had for them. You know, we can reside somewhere, but that doesn't actually mean that we possess the land. We can live here in Cromwell, but that doesn't mean that we're taking territory for God. You know, it doesn't mean that we have ownership of that place. When we moved to Cromwell, we, um, we, moved, we went to the house because, you know, it's kind of good to have somewhere to live and a caravan wouldn't be that fun in winter. Um, <laughs> sorry, James. <laughs> we lived there and we looked after it, but it wasn't ours. Um, it was a place where we could base ourselves, but it wasn't until we moved into our own place earlier this year that we actually took possession of something, that we gained territory, that we felt like we were settled and that we felt like we um, could start building. God's plan for the Israelites wasn't for them to reside in Egypt. It wasn't for them to be at the mercy of the slave drivers. He had a land flowing with milk and honey and freedom for them. Not slavery, not fear, not shame, not guilt. He had a promise that he wanted them to take, take hold of. He wanted them to take the position of his holy nation, of his people. He wanted to step into that promise. So God in his wisdom, he helps us out when it comes to taking hold of your promise. He doesn't just go, I've got this promise, I'm just going to leave it to it and go off over here. What God does is he will put people in, 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 in situations in place, he'll put things in place to help us take hold of that promise. Now, so God rose up Moses to free his people and to take them into the land that he had for them. Now, the Israelites, they knew the promise of God and for a time... They would have believed it. They left, they left Egypt. They ran away from Pharaoh. They saw God do miraculous things and save them time and time and time after again, proving that you know that He was taking them to a place of promise. That there was a land for them. There was a there was a home for them. It was flowing with freedom. But they had to enter into it. They had to take hold of it. They escaped from Egypt and then they wandered in the desert 
knowing the promise, believing the promise. But then as they walked in circles for 40 years, and they heard about, maybe we should go back to a life of slavery because that seemed a lot better than the desert because it was familiar to them. The knowledge of of and believing in the promise began to waver. Disappointment, doubt, and fear set in, and a life of slavery became very attractive. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had a promise that you know it to be true, you believe it to be true, but then disappointment sets in? You know, doubt rages more in your thoughts, and the confident assurance you had that the promise will be realized starts to fade away. You know, fear and uncertainty starts to shout louder than the promise, and eventually you just let it drop. Because the pain of not seeing it realized, the, the hurt, the, oh, it's not actually going to happen, I think I heard wrong. That can eat away in our spirit, and it can make it hard for us to believe again. Proverbs says that heart, um, a heart deferred makes the heart, sorry, Heart deferred makes the heart sick. So if a promise or a dream or a word from God seems to never come to pass, then it makes it harder to believe and have faith. I love what James said the other day about his um, diary that he keeps about the promises and prayers that he prays. So what James will do is he will, um, every time he prays to God, he'll write it down with a date in his book. He'll write down, he'll write down what he's prayed and he'll write down the promise of God. And then... When that prayer is answered, he goes back to that book and he writes beside it the date that that happened. And that could be for big things or for small things. And when you look at that, you can see God's faithfulness at work in the small things and in the big things. You know, how awesome is that to see those answers of prayer, large and small? And it's an incredible way to build up faith. Now, if we are faithful in the small things and we trust God in the small things, then God can trust us with the big things. As we, as we are faithful and diligent with those. So I just really love that. If God's given you a promise, start paying into it. Start declaring into it. Okay. Deuteronomy 1.8 says, See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. Now, what is promised to us isn't automatically received. We have to take possession of that promise. We have to reach out and grab it. You know, we have to position ourselves to take hold of that promise, physically, mentally, spiritually. Now, if God says, Michelle, I'm, I'm going to call you to go to Japan, and you're going to see thousands and thousands of people saved and lives changed, I need to position myself. He hasn't called me to go to Japan. I'm just putting that out there. Okay? <laughs> but if he said that, then, then I would need to position myself. And there's a number of things I would need to do. I don't speak Japanese. So probably one of the things I would need to do is position myself by maybe learning another language. And learning, and learning some of the culture and learning some of the language so that I can communicate with those people for the time that God called me. You know, I have to prepare myself mentally to be away from family and I have to prepare myself spiritually to be open to what God is doing and to hearing His voice. Because when you go into those places, 
um, there can be a spiritual battleground that we go into and that we're not necessarily always prepared for. So I'd want to be preparing myself in those ways so that I could take hold of that promise that God has for me. Now the Israelites escaped Egypt. They escaped slavery and eventually positioned themselves to, to possess the promise. You know, they, they saw it. They could see the land there. They were ready and waiting, but they weren't sure as to whether they could go into the land or not. And they didn't position their hearts. Their hearts were looking back to the familiarity of slavery, and eventually after 40 years of wandering in the desert, they were comfortable with the familiarity and the perceived safety of the desert. Familiar is not always better. Familiar feels safer because we take comfort in knowing what we already know. Stability, security, all those things. You know, you know, knowing where the boundaries are, where they take, we take comfort in those things. And although they may not be good things, they act as a safety net for us. You know, the saying, it's better to go with the devil you know than the devil you don't, is a lie. Because the devil, whether you're familiar or not, is always going to rob you of the fullness of walking in the promise that God has for you, no matter what season you find yourself. Twelve spies were sent out to the land to give a report as to whether the Israelites could take it. And only two came back with the perspective that it could be taken. Ten came back with the view that the giants in the land were too great and they should quit now while they were ahead and still living. Their hearts were positioned with faith in God. And when reality looked at them, they saw those giants, they didn't believe the promise. They may have known the promise to be true, but they didn't have they hadn't taken hold of it in their heart, they didn't believe it. Now what is the promise that you have been given that are yet to possess? Don't lose hope. I'll encourage you. Continue to believe. Prophesy and declare it. And position yourself to walk in it. Speak into those promises. When we speak, we are creating a spiritual declaration. It says in the word that the power of life and death is held on the tongue. Whether we speak life or whether we speak death, that is what we will experience. You know, the creator of the world lives in us. He spoke and there was light. He spoke and the, and the earth separated from the sky. He spoke and there was water. He spoke. He lives within us. When we speak, our words have creative power. I sit there and go, I'm a size 8, I'm a size 8. I'm still declaring it, it's going to happen. It's like that pantene ad, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. I'm declaring that, I'm not right, that's a bit silly, but, but when we speak into situations, when we speak into the promises that God has for us, we speak life into that. And, and we are not, we live in a natural realm, but we are spiritual creatures, we are spiritual beings. God lives within us. When we speak, we speak life. So I always come in on a Sunday morning and I declare that the healing is amazing and that, <laughs> and that, and that it's going to be like fiery hot in here. I'm still declaring it. But you know, we need to speak out in faith. And sometimes we may not have faith to believe for something, but as we speak it, that quiet voice becomes a bit stronger. And as we declare it again, it becomes a little bit louder. And as we declare it again, that promise starts to take hold in our heart, and we start to believe it. 
and there's a declared again, we start to see a shift. And I want to encourage you, church, that if God has promised you something, don't give up. I want you to be declaring it. Don't say, oh, that's never going to happen. My time has passed. I'm too old. I'm too young. Um, I'm not experienced enough. I don't have leadership on my life. You know, I'm, I'm not a special person. Bollocks. You are a child of God. And you have been created on purpose for a purpose. And the promises that he has given to you, whether they have been 40, 50 years ago, whether they were last week, they still stand. Because God does not go back on his word. The promises that he gives to you are yes and amen. If he has promised it to you, he will see it fulfilled. But we need to partner with him, we need to step into it, and we need to take hold of that. Because it's like God sending you the promise, holding it out. And he just wants us to be for us for the taking. We just have to reach out and take it. We need to possess that. Joshua 18.3 says, So Joshua said to the Israelites, How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? You know, have you been putting off taking hold of the promises that God has given you? What is holding you back? The fear, doubt, concern about resources. I've got to be honest, like, I deal with all those on a regular basis. You know, track planting... I can't, I'm only going to the secret. It's all about the language that you use. Because there are good days, and there are not so good days. There are days that we're like, what are we doing? Like, are we crazy? Heating's not working, and it's minus seven outside, and only mad people would come in on a Sunday. And, and, you know, we think about all of that stuff. And when people ask me, how is it? And your good pastoral friends, I'll say them, I'll be honest, it's all about the language. But I tell myself that church planting is an adventure. It's amazing. It's exciting. It's, it is an adventure. Like, you're always open to opportunities. But if I tell myself, oh, it's hard work, I don't think I can do this, then that's what I experience. It's all about the language that we use. If you're constantly telling yourself that it's too hard, that it's impossible, that you're never going to see it happen, then that's the reality that you'll see. Because you're speaking that out. That is what you're declaring over that situation. If you are speaking out that, oh my gosh, we're seeing salvation, we're seeing a youth culture change, we're seeing our town change, we're seeing families coming to know God, that's what we're going to experience. You know, if whatever God has promised you, speak life into it, speak hope into it. Because doing that, not only are you creating a declaration, but you're stealing something in your heart. You're preparing yourself to take hold of that. You know, I love um, Hillsong's new one, the oven. They've got this song called um, Not Today. And it's got this line in it that fear is just a liar running out of breath. And how often do we allow fear to hold us back from the things that God has for us? Oh, I don't want to quit my job. I have a mortgage to pay. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Oh, I don't want to go talk to my neighbour about Jesus. They already think I'm weird. Oh, I don't want to ask my friends to church. What if they reject me? You know, all of that, fear is just a liar running out of breath. Fear holds us back. But we, we serve one who is greater than fear. We serve one who only has good things for us. Who is right there in the midst of where we we find ourselves, who makes a way when there is no way. 
Don't let doubt or fear hold you back from all that God has for you. Because he has created us to have an abundant life and to step into all that he has for us. Amen. Awesome. So that's all I'm going to share this morning. Um, we're going to hop into some worship. But I just want to encourage you, if, if you're feeling like, hey, I've, you know, God has given me promises, but I haven't seen them, and I don't know how I'm going to see them in the past. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to partner with you to declare those promises of God over your life. You know, if, if you're not sure what the promises are that God has, we'd love to pray with you so that God can reveal what it is that he has in store for you. Because each and every one of you are called and chosen by God. You are purposed by him, and he has a plan for your life. He has a promise over your life. And he's not done with you yet. There is good things to come. The best is yet to come. So Father, I just want to thank you for this amazing bunch of people here today. Lord, I thank you that your promise for us is you saying me, that the things that you have promised us are not forgotten. They've not been pushed aside. You haven't changed your mind. But Lord, they are still there for us. And Lord, I pray for an acceleration in people's lives where they feel like they've, they've let it pass. And I declare, Lord, that they will rise up and take the promise that you have for them. They will possess it in their heart, Lord God, and that we will see their lives change, that we will see their families change, that we will see our town and region and nation change as a result. Lord, I thank you that you are truly your word and truly your promise. In Jesus' name, amen.